Well, this truly is a night of miracles. Uh, I want to give a big thank you to my amazing husband, star of Living with a Bear, previous episode. He just made a very fast drive home and back again to pick up uh, the music that I had forgotten for tonight's show. So we're all on track now. Tonight is episode 10. A milestone. Can you believe it? I've been doing 10 of these. Tonight is the 10th episode. Uh, It's the last month of 2014. There's a rainy, rainy storm outside. I'm feeling pretty weird Uh, and a little nostalgic, I must say. Um, So sit back and relax. Pour yourself the beverage of your choice and enjoy this trip back to 1984 when I was 12 years old. A mere 30 years ago.
County, California in the 70s. Back then, Marin was a very different place than it is now. When I was growing up, my neighborhood was filled with hippies, waitresses, cops, nurses. It was not the million-dollar, uber-wealthy place it is now. There was a Mexican restaurant downtown that my family loved. We probably went there once a week for almost my entire childhood, so we really got to know the owners and the waitstaff. All the waitresses wore ruffled, white, off-the-shoulder blouses and big, flowing orange and red skirts. My favorite waitress, let's call her Roberta, always wore a flower in her hair and shiny red lipstick. Her long, curly hair was always swooped up in some amazing updo. She always had a smile on her face, and not the fake smile so many waitresses are forced to wear to get tips. Her smile was genuine. She was so different than other grown-up women in my life who took a much more feminist, hippie stance in their appearance and demeanor. No makeup, no fancy hairdos, uh, always wearing jeans and work boots, and rarely smiling. Compared to my mother and her friends, Roberta was like a real live movie star, and I was dazzled by her.
One day, I was probably about 12, I was riding my bike up the side of the mountain that we lived on. While living on a mountain is really beautiful, it's pretty tough to be a kid and try to just cruise around on your bike. It takes a lot of work. And as I was huffing and puffing up curving crisscross roads and switchbacks, I noticed a lady out in her garden. She was drinking a glass of wine with ice cubes in it, and her beautiful curly hair was swept up into a loose bun. I realized with amazement that it was my favorite waitress, Roberta. I stopped in shock. Is this where she lived? Have we been neighbors this whole time and I didn't even know it? The feeling I had in my body was similar to the first time you see one of your school teachers out grocery shopping or pumping gas. It's really jarring. You never imagine these adult figures of prominence living actual, real lives. But here she was, looking even more glamorous, even though she seemed to just be hanging out in her garden on a Sunday afternoon. She had a long, flowing kimono on and a big rose in her hair that obviously was just clipped from her garden.
was in such shock to see that Roberta lived so close to my house, not to mention seeing her in her own relaxed natural habitat, that I completely tipped my bike over and crashed it to the ground. Roberta looked up and rushed over. Are you okay? she asked. I'd scraped my knee up, but other than that I was fine, except for the total and complete embarrassment I felt. She rushed to my side and helped me and my bike up as I mumbled, I'm okay, and got ready to flee before she recognized me. But before that could happen, she said, Hey, I know you. You come into the restaurant with your family all the time. It was too late. She knows who I am. What do I do now? Before I even could get a grip on what was coming out of my mouth, I said, Yeah, you're like my favorite waitress there. Roberta's face lit up at hearing this, and she tipped her head back and laughed while her ice cubes clinked in her glass. Really? Your favorite? Now I was completely mortified. Not only had I crashed my bike in front of her, but now she knows that I kind of have a crush on her. Kill me now, I thought. I began to feel the warm blood trickling down my knee where I'd fallen on it, and I inadvertently looked down to see how bad it was. It was beginning to welt up, and there were still little tiny chunks of asphalt and pebbles stuck in my skin. Roberta saw me looking down and exclaimed when she saw the blood, We need to get you cleaned up. Come inside, and I'll nurse you back to health. Inside? I thought. Inside your house? This seemed like a very exciting and scary opportunity. On the one hand, I was dying to see where this beautiful woman lived, but on the other hand, she is still technically a stranger. I don't know her, and I have no idea what could happen if I followed her down her garden path. As I was thinking it all through, she'd already begun walking down her garden path and was almost out of sight. Should I just take off? My bike seems to still work. But I couldn't help thinking that this was my only chance to see how she lived. Not to mention I'm going to see her again at the restaurant and what would I say to her after I'd just run off? In front of my parents, no less. No, I needed to do this. And I picked up my bike and wheeled it down her uneven sloped garden path.
And now you've got the beat right here on KWTF 88.1 FM, Bodega Bay. KWTF is supported by the Stan Roy Music Center and a grant from the Redwood Justice Fund. Hey, did you know that KWTF relies on listeners like you to stay afloat? Now, back in the 70s, $10 bought you a lot of stuff. I looked up what the value of $10, 10 $1975 would be worth in 2014, and it was $45. Now, I'm not asking you to give $45 a month to KWTF. I'm only asking for 10 So go to kwtf.net and click on that membership button. $10 a month is nothing these days, and yet it's a huge amount to KWTF. And I want to thank all the people who have subscribed and become members, uh, specifically from listening to this show, but everybody who does it. Uh, it's pretty awesome. It makes me feel really good to hear at the meeting, hey, Spilling Ruby's got another member. That makes me feel great because I want to support this amazing community. And it's amazing how much this radio station can stretch a dollar. I mean, this is a real DIY situation here. And sometimes you don't always know where your money's going when you donate to a certain organization, but I can promise you, every single dollar will be squeezed within an inch of its life right here at KWTF to keep things rolling smoothly and keep us on the air and giving you the diverse and... Uh, really unique programming that you can't find anywhere else. You really can't. There's a real unique kind of bird that lives in Sonoma County and even more special unique bird that can plop themselves onto this board and uh, bring you the strange and different music and ideas and politics and everything. So please, please visit kwtf.net and uh, become a monthly member. It would really mean a lot to so many of us. And I think you'll feel pretty gosh darn good about doing it too.
Roberta's studio was very small, but it was beautiful, covered in multicolored fabrics with a big, weird yellow couch and bright pink painted walls. The whole front of the studio was just a big sliding glass door, and I was confused. Was this her front door? How can anyone just have a glass as front of their house? I turned around and saw that she had a beautiful view of the valley below, far better than our house, which was much lower on the mountain and surrounded by trees. I felt something soft past my legs and looked down to see a black cat. That's Ebony, Roberta said. She's my familiar. I had no idea what she meant by that. Is it a boy or a girl? I asked. Does it matter? was Roberta's response. I bent down and stroked the cat. It purred and rubbed my head contentedly. You passed the first test, exclaimed Roberta. Test? I asked. Yeah. Ebony lets me know who the good ones are, and you most definitely are a good one. I still didn't know what she meant, but I couldn't help but feel warm pride flowing through my body. I'm one of the good ones, I thought. At this point, she was holding a bottle of Miracurochrome and a metal tin of Band-Aids. Come on, hun, sit down, we'll fix you up. As she picked out the last bits of pebbles off my skin, she asked me if I lived in the neighborhood. Yeah, just down the street, I replied. Really? Roberta squeaked. We're neighbors! As she applied the Miracurochrome, I winced at the sting. Ouch! Roberta empathized and blew on my knee to ease the pain. I was completely dazzled by her big red lips blowing gently on my knee. It wasn't exactly erotic. I just felt really safe and really special. Both rather novel feelings for me at that time in my life. She put a bandage on the big welt on my knee. It was pretty silly as it only covered about one third of the abrasion. But she seemed only to have one sized band-aid and not very many at that. Do you like music? She suddenly asked. Yes, I perhaps too exuberantly replied. I actually really loved music and often spent entire afternoons deep in my father's record collection. I was curious to hear what she liked. She glided over to a record player. She moved like liquid. She seemed to be so at home and comfortable in her body, and I wasn't used to seeing that as my family were more stuck in their heads and barely acknowledging that they even had bodies, let alone enjoying having one and moving the way Roberta did.
took this chance to walk around her house. The walls were painted bright pink with green and yellow trim. There were plants everywhere, and the walls were hung with various dresses and scarves. She had a big vanity with a huge circular mirror, and there seemed to be hundreds of earrings and necklaces and bracelets hanging all around it. She had baskets of nail polish and makeup. I was completely dazzled. All the women in my life were so different, not better or worse, just different. In my home, women were doing political work and trying to hold their own with the men. I never even saw my first tube of lipstick until a girl in middle school pulled one out in the bathroom. This glamorous lady world was completely foreign to me. Roberta pulled out a little forty-five record and put it on her turntable. A song I'd never heard of began to play, and it was beautiful. She began to dance around the room, laughing a little bit. I was mesmerized. Ebony jumped up on the couch with me and immediately started purring as we both watched Roberta giggle and spin around to the music. I will never forget that moment. Growing up, when I experienced perfect moments like these, I would take a little snapshot with my mind, and it's as visceral now as it was then.
Vicente began a really nice friendship, and over the years I would visit Roberta from time to time. We would sit out in her garden overlooking the valley and talk about all sorts of things. Sometimes she would light up a joint and share it with me, making me feel much older than my teenaged years. Roberta taught me a lot about the world, and I'll always be thankful to her for that. She was a friend when I really needed one, and her house was a solace when my own felt so oppressive and lonely. Once I was old enough to drive, my life changed, and I was rarely home anymore. I got a boyfriend, and I just didn't seem to make the time to visit Roberta anymore. Just after my 18th birthday, I was packing up to go away to college and leave my childhood home forever, and I remembered Roberta. I ran up the hill to see if she was home and to say goodbye. I walked down the familiar, crooked, wobbly walkway, noticing that the garden was looking pretty ragged. There were a lot of weeds, and it looked as if it hadn't been watered in a long time. All those beautiful, vibrant roses were stunted and frail. As I walked around to the front of her studio, instead of encountering the familiar flowering plants on her porch, I nearly hit my knee on a ratty old brown couch smelling of mold. The glass windows that normally looked directly into her big pink room were covered in dark, thick curtains. There was a distinctly bad vibe emanating from the little studio, and I quickly hustled my way back to the street. What happened to Roberta? On my way out of town, I stopped at the Mexican restaurant and asked what had happened and if they knew where she was. The owner told me she had met a Brazilian man and decided to go traveling with him, and I never saw her again. But she holds a very special place in my heart, and I will always remember her spinning around with a big gardenia in her hair whenever I hear Cherchez la Femme.
Well, that's it, folks. Another episode of Spilling Rubies has come and gone. But never fear, we'll be back next Tuesday at 8 p.m. And in the meantime, you can always stay connected with us, including listening to past episodes, by finding us on SpillingRubies.com. You can find us on Twitter at Spilling Rubies, and we're also on Facebook. Just search for Spilling Rubies. All episodes are archived on Mixcloud and iTunes, so you can always find us there, too. Thanks for tuning in to your favorite DIY community radio station, KWTF 88.1 FM Bodega Bay. And keep listening for DJ Broken Record taking over the board for the Broken Record radio show. And I'll see you next week. A girl went back to Napoli because she missed the scenery. The native dances and the charming songs But wait a minute, something's wrong Sigiliano, all you calabrese do the mumbo like a crazy with a hey, mumbo. Don't want a tarantella, hey, mumbo. No more mozzarella, hey, mumbo. Mumbo Italiano, try an enchilada with the fish bacala. And hey, goomba. I love how you dance, Salumba. But take some of advice, Paisano. Learn how to mumbo. If you're gonna be a square, you ain't gonna go nowhere. Did she get a happy in the feet? So when you mumbo Italiano, shake a baby, shake it, cause I love her when you take me. Say stop or I'm gonna tell a papa and I hate Jadrul. You don't have to go to school. Just make a with a beat of bambino. It's like a vino. Kid, you're good at looking, but you don't know it's cooking till you ate. So delicious, everybody come capisce how to mumbo Italiano. That's nice. <clears throat>
Messing up my 